Hey everybody, uh, this is a top secret special episode of the Serpent Sales Podcast because my normal co-host Scott Lees is not here with us today. Uh, however, uh, substituting in, even at, without him knowing about it, are his entire family, his brother, Taylor Lees, his father, uh, Dr. Professor Wally Walter Lees, right, and his mother Angela Lees. So, Thank you guys for coming on to do this. I know I, I sprung this on all of you very last minute, so thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys could do this. So, um, so the goal of this is like, we're not, we're not here to roast Scott. I'm sure some fun stories will come up, but I, I just want to get to know him a little bit. You know, he's created this social media presence about him. Um, and so I, I'm curious, like, was Scott always the guy, and any of you can answer this, but was he always the guy who wanted attention on himself, or did he not... Or does he like to play that game of, I don't want the attention, but in reality, he really wants the attention. Who um, wants to go with that? I, I think he was always um, a leader and preferred to be out front and uh, had the ability to have people follow. So I'm not surprised that he has a bunch of followers in his uh, social media. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would say that, um, he was a bit like a magnet. People were drawn to him. And, <laughs> That's uh, so true. And uh, for whatever reason, people would be drawn to him and sort of organically, he would end up sort of leading. And that sometimes that took a like more official um, uh, form in terms of like sports or whatnot. But even in like social circles and whatnot, people just kind of gravitated towards him. And, and that's how I met him. I, I met him that way. And I, as soon as you say, both of you say that, I get it. What, what about you, Angela? What is, what is your well, thought? Well, I think, I mean, at a very young age, I mean, Scott and his brother are just about four years apart. Um, I always remember just as a, a very young age, all the boys in the neighborhood would always seem to come to our home. And Scott seemed to be the one directing the activity. And it's not like he necessarily ask for them to come and direct. It's just that, like Taylor said, he was kind of like the magnet. Yeah. He, he has the Kavorka, right? Like that's sort of, you know, from Seinfeld, right? He, he has yeah. <laughs> What What was, was he, was he always super athletic as a kid? Was he always a sports kid? Um, did that, did he just sort of come out swinging a baseball bat, so to speak? I, I, I can speak to that because um, when he was about, I think two years old, um, some, one of my relatives died back in, I'm from Niagara Falls, New York. And we flew back and I remember we stayed at my parents' home and my father was a sports nut. And I remember he, Scott had a baseball bat, a Nerf, kind of one of those plastic bats with a, a ball. And he was in the backyard and my father mm -hmm. was pitching, my father was pitching the baseball to him in the backyard and Scott hit it so hard he broke the kitchen window and instead of my father being angry he was thrilled right. because he said did you see that kid he hit it so hard he broke the window <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor Taylor how was it did you ever feel like you were living in the in the shadow of Scott um at all and and, and I mean that in, a, in an endearing way not like Jealousy, mom and dad don't love me as much, you know. <laughs> uh, but 
I mean, I get the impression that you guys have a very close relationship and that you guys are pretty I, think, I would say that there was a bit of like expectations that I would be pretty decent at certain sports based upon Scott being pretty good at certain sports. And hopefully I lived up to that. Um, uh, you know, I think we were both like pretty successful in soccer and tennis and um, Scott had some days playing basketball and, and whatnot. So he was, yeah, he was, you know, known as an athlete and, I'd like to think that I kind of just followed suit uh, rather than played in the shadows. And, and were you okay with that? Were you like, you know, Scott, like, could, who, who would, in your, in your heyday, right, you're both, you know, 17 or 18, who would win at tennis or soccer, you or him, or was it pretty even? Uh, he probably would have beaten me at tennis. Um, soccer is kind of hard to tell because it's not like one-on-one. -on -one. You know, he had more of a leadership presence, and I was kind of just like a um, – we were both captains, but we were captains in very different ways. Like we lead in very different ways. You know, he's, he's more like front and center and I'm more like individually one-on-one -on -one with people leading. Yeah. I, I always like to say that Taylor was more the Roger Federer of sports. He was a quiet uh, destroyer. <laughs> and, and Scott was always more animated, maybe brought out the Italian in him. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if he was crazy. I don't think he was that crazy, but they definitely as brothers were both very talented, but had different styles as to how they uh, went about their sports. Look, and look, as the father of two boys, that's all, that's all we can ask for, right? As they each find their own, right? And they can each be good at their own. Yeah, I think, I think that um, as parents, we, tried to recognize that they both had their strengths and, and sometimes, you know, in different ways. Um, but, um, you know. When did you first notice, and this is for the parents war, but when did y'all first notice just how competitive Scott was? Like it's, it's, he doesn't just dislike to lose. He's, he's, it's almost like an obsession to not lose. And if he does, he's gonna, he literally will, he would he would fall on the sword right before he'd lose kind of a thing was he like that as a kid wally do you want to answer that well i i spent a lot of uh hours with both of my sons uh doing sports sort of things so because initially they were just with me i don't think i noticed any real <clears throat> competitive because they when they were when Taylor was old enough the two of them would play against me we we had a unique living room when they were young we had no furniture a carpet and a soccer goal at each end <laughs> and I got to play on my knees and they played two against dad and they hated to lose to dad and uh so yes he would they were both very competitive did you uh, a little, di little different style. Scott is a little more in-your-face competitive, and Taylor is a little more sneaky finesse. <laughs> so, different. Were, were you the kind of dad who, who would let them win, or was it like, nope, I'm not, you're not getting a goal unless you get it? Uh, the older they got, the harder they had to work to win, let's put it that way. <laughs> That's really, really cool. Um, we, as, a as a family, Richard, though, it wasn't always just sports because we did a lot 
in those days, we did a lot of games as far as uh, board games, right, Taylor? We would sit and, and even with board games, whether it was Monopoly or there was this game of choir, they both wanted to win. I yeah. mean, they were, <laughs> so I don't know if it was just innate. It's just innate. I, yeah. I mean, it, Richard, even like trading baseball cards, Scott wanted to win. <laughs> Oh, right? yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, oh my God. There was, a, there was a winner and a loser in the trades, right? right. And so, yeah. like, it, like you know, Monopoly. Um, Dad had to be custodial. Any, Dad had to be the custodial of the baseball card, or, you know, baseball cards, many times to make sure that somebody's didn't get shifted from one pile to the other pile, and the war broke out. <laughs> so there, there was one group that I was in charge of, and they, they had the other ones, but they were both very competitive. That's that's awesome. That's really fun. That those those are the stories like we want to remember, right? What one story I think is of interest that you might like about Scott. Uh, I was coaching soccer and Scott played in the soccer game that, and he was complaining about his ankle or his foot hurting, not his ankle, his foot hurting, and um, took Chew out, looked at it, seemed fine to me, and we played like two more games. I think we even got to the championship game. I don't remember if we had won or not. Uh, so on the way home, we drove to the hospital to have his foot x-rayed, which was broken. He had a fr stress fracture in his foot. All right, so he never um, forgets to remind me that I made him play in several games with a broken foot. I got news for you. He never forgets to remind me about that story. He, that right? <laughs> <laughs> he told you that? He then oh, I heard that story like five times. I've heard it. So <clears throat> okay, so here, here's what happened after that. So we get to the doctor and they said, well, we can put it in a, in a brace that you can take on and off. And I said, no, cast it, because I knew we could never keep him off of his foot. Right. So they put it in a cast and he was playing um, basketball at that time. And his team was in a tournament, which we went to watch, and he and his cast. And his coach came over to me at halftime and said, they have a three-point shooting contest in this tournament. Uh, you think he would be interested in doing that? And I said, well, he has a cast on his foot. So they went over and asked Scott and Scott said, sure. And my recollection is that he came in second in that with a cast on and everybody was cheering for this poor kid that was right, out a there. Right, hobbled child. Right. Yeah, that was, I think, that was junior high school, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about seventh or eighth grade. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. That's but funny. I just have to add, though, that Taylor played a soccer game at a young age, too, and he, years later, showed me his finger, which was broken and still crooked because he never told anybody that he broke his finger. <laughs> so, He's, uh, he yes, both sons are competitive. Yeah, t t that's, that's Taylor saying I'm tougher than my brother. Right? Well, I he did have a higher pain tolerance, probably. <laughs> probably still does. I don't know. I, so I have a question for you, Angela. So you're, you know, I, were you were you an athlete growing up as a, as a young girl, a young woman? Did you play sports at all or no? And in, in my era, and I lived back east where the weather wasn't that great anyway, um, I did not play sports. But I have to say that as an only child, my father was an avid sports person. And I watched a lot of sports and I watched, I, he would, we would go to all the ba college basketball games. So I'm, I think I'm fairly savvy about sports, but I didn't necessarily start playing sports. I love just being outdoors growing up. Um, 
I started playing racquetball when Wally and I were married. We moved to Arizona and I started playing racquetball and then he introduced me to tennis. And so I'm currently, I've been playing tennis for the last 30 years. <laughs> so, but I love, I love sports and I think I'm fairly knowledgeable. I even won a fantasy football one time league in Scott's league. <laughs> Oh, wow. He's not. That's going back a long time. I bet he's going to ask him about that. That's fantastic. So, <clears throat> so how, how was it, you know, you know, again, so here, here you are, Angela, you know, you know, you're knowledgeable in sports, but here you are with these three guys in a house of three boys, and it's a lot of sports going on, right? How did you manage that as a mom and a wife? you know, through all this, or, or was that just, that's just what it was, like that was normal you, for us. You know, um, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. I had a lot of cousins around me growing up. Uh, when I had Scott, it was a huge adjustment because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any siblings. But then, you know, we had Taylor and then um, it just seemed that like going back to what we said where Scott was kind of a magnet, all the neighborhood boys were always coming to our house to play. And, and over the years, I just, those boys kind of became second sons in a way. I just, I just, because I like sports so much, I didn't mind it. Uh, so it was just really wonderful. When you, when you think about Scott's career growth, right? What are the things that has surprised you the most? Um, you know, I, I, you know, he was on this trajectory shares that, you know, his mind was he was going to be a professional soccer player. Right, like that was sort of really where his heart was, at least in the storytelling he does to me. What are the things that you know you've been surprised that? Oh wow, that's interesting. Or maybe it didn't surprise. Maybe none of this stuff surprises you at all because he's been very successful. Are Are you asking me, Richard, or anyone? All of you. So. Taylor, why don't you answer that one? Because you are very successful yourself. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor, I promise I'm not trying to make it all about your brother. It's not the intent. No, no. Um, no I, I think that um, I was initially surprised he got into sales because his educational background is really nothing to do with sales. He has a psychology degree and a, I think a master's degree in instructional technology, right? So it doesn't necessarily like scream sales at you. Um, but when he got into it, I think he just realized that he was naturally good at connecting with people and um, building rapport with people. And then he just wanted to win. Right. And so he wanted to be, he wanted to be top of the sales list. Right. And so um, I think that just kept progressing. Right. He wanted to be top of the sales list. Then he wanted to be the manager with the best team. And then he wanted to be the like senior manager, like group lead with the best teams. Right, and it just kept going. Yeah, I kind of feel that his sports background, being a leadership in sports, got him the uh, the sort of social and communication skills to help him uh, survive through the early days of sales. And he's uh, he's kind of a generalist, not too doesn't pay too much attention to details. Where Taylor is much more detail oriented. Uh, but when he got into the sales management and he needed to find ways to track the people who were now under him, he got uh, pretty detailed with a bunch of Excel spreadsheets to keep track of everybody's progress and success and, and lack of success. And so uh, 
I'm, I'm very pleased and, and amazed because I absolutely could not do what he does. I, think I could have done what Taylor does, I think, but I could never do what Taylor <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do. I couldn't do either. What either one of my sons could do. I, I think one of the things is that the reason. I mean, here's the theory on like why he's a magnet, right? Is that um, Scott will tell you what he actually thinks, and not necessarily what you want to hear. And if you do that enough, with good intentions, people start to trust you, and they start to right. they start to learn, and they start to grow, and so they're drawn to you. And they like they want more feedback, right? And um, I think that just kind of came naturally to Scott. I think even like as a kid, he would kind of just like he would blurt out these pieces of feedback, and you didn't realize when you're like 12 years old that it was a piece of feedback. Um, and then there was there's always, he has he has this ability to like hold you to high expectations, and so people want to sort of live up to those expectations. Like I remember when I started playing tennis again, like uh, four or five years ago. Uh, I started doing well in some of these tournaments and he's like, let me know when you win like the higher division, <laughs> not like good job. It was like, let me know when you win the next one. Right. And so like, you know, uh, he, was, you know he was even he trying kind of, to he kind, of, he kind of pulls people up. Right. Yeah, right. Wasn't he even trying to coach you? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> is that now, is that a Scott thing or is that, is that really coming from, from, from Wally? Like did, did Wally, did you do that to the boys? Like, hey, yeah. Okay. But you know, let me know when you actually win. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I wasn't all about winning. I was about getting better. So I, I, I'm never really big about killing somebody. So in tennis, you beat somebody 6-0, 6-0. To me, that's a wasted match because it didn't challenge you. You don't probably didn't, didn't learn any, anything out of that. So I, I definitely would try to progress them up. But I don't know that I, I said, well, I'm not going to count that because it was lower level sort of thing. Uh, I, I think as a parent, and I think Wally will agree, you know, for both of the, our sons is that we just, and we do the same ourselves. We just wanted them to try their best. You know, as long as they tried their best, they you were proud of them. And um, the one thing I want to add about Scott, um, and I noticed this just getting back to when he was initially sick, and I don't want to talk too much about that, but what I noticed really, what was very profound to me was that I noticed he could make very difficult decisions quickly, where I would contemplate and dissect things, you know, and I would, but he was able to take in the information and rather than ponder it forever he was able to make quick sit and i remember telling him that i said i am amazed that you can make that decision so quickly and these were difficult decisions yeah yeah i i i, I mean and scott's pretty open about what he's had to go through he's talked yeah. about but i think that probably is you know how he has helped him become successful in his sales career yeah i would agree with you i, I mean all of these things that that you're sharing you know there, there's to some extent, there's no surprise that I've heard yet, right? Like it all aligns. Um, so, but I, I do, you know, I do want to go back to what Wally said. I, I can literally hear Scott and see him hearing you say that, you know, 6060 doesn't count. That's a weight. Like I can see Scott, you know, doing his whole Scott reaction hearing you say that right now. Because he's like, what do you mean I didn't learn anything? I learned how to beat somebody 6060. Like, Scott you know. would love to beat somebody 6060. I'm not <laughs> sure about Taylor. Would you like to beat somebody 6060? 
every once in a while, but not routinely, you know. <laughs> So, uh, not about the winning, it's about whether they're challenged, I think. So I just want to be challenged. What, one thing I, I feel helped Scott was since he, he had, you know, some um, early troubles and stumbles and that sort of thing, that he seemed to be very open-minded and willing to try to find people who were struggling and help give them a second chance and convince them that if they worked hard, then there was a good chance of being successful. And I think a lot of those people appreciated that. And like Taylor said, he was therefore able to, to challenge those people and those workers would uh, work up to his level of expectations. Yeah. Was, was Scott, the, was he like the, the popular kid in high school or was he just a well-known kid that everybody kind of liked? You know, was he, what was he like back in high school? I think he was a well-known athlete, but I wouldn't necessarily say he was like the most popular kid around. It's not, you know, he was, he was like the- homecoming king. He was never homecoming king. Not, yeah, not like that. Yeah. But, um, but definitely had a large circle. So, what, um, what do you, what do you guys want? And maybe they already know, maybe they've asked, but what do you want Caleb and Braden to know about their dad? like from their dad's childhood? What's, what's something you'd like, you know, here's something you may not know about your dad. Hmm. That, that's a hard one. Yeah, I don't um, have any easy answer from my standpoint. Yeah, I'm, I, I wish I could give you a, an answer, Richard. Um, I think that they probably know their father pretty darn well. And I think because we've talked so openly about Scott when he was younger and and all the sports, um, um, I, I'm not sure that, I think it's harder too because we don't live near him. So, right. we, don't, so we don't see the boys on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so I would, I would, um, I think that he really has, um, he's a really good father in that he really tries to stay involved and I, you know, he, he's enjoyed the coaching, you know, since he can't for physical reasons do all the sports that he would like to continue to do. Right. He's using that energy um, to help his sons. Um, and, and he wants to win when he's coaching. I think he's, oh, yeah. sometimes absolutely. I'm thinking he's vicariously living through them, like that he's oh, he playing sports through them. Mm -hmm. he, he loves the competitiveness of it. I know. I, I, I've had that conversation with him. And I 100%. And I think he also, you know, expects, like, like Wally has said, I think Scott would probably tell his sons, and I, like I said, I, don't, I haven't heard him say it because I'm not right there, but that he expects his sons to try in everything that they do. They don't necessarily have to win. They don't necessarily have to get the highest grade, but they have to make an effort. And I know that, um, you know, it's very important that they, you know, that they treat others uh, kindly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know one thing when, uh, if I couldn't make a sports event that my sons were in, when I would see them, I would always ask how they did. And they would usually tell me whether they won or lost. And I said, I didn't ask that question. I wanted to know how do you feel you did in the particular game? So I, I think that sort of, 
background in Scott is partly why he is the way he is with his uh, two boys, that he wants them to succeed and realizes that it's more important to work hard and be tenacious at something as opposed to just um, try to rely on straight athletic ability. So Caleb in particular has tremendous athletic ability. And even when I try to help him, he'll just go like, why do it this way? Because it's easier. Right. So he's harder to coach where Braden's a little easier to coach because he's not quite as gifted, but still has that tenaciousness and willing to try hard and work hard. And I, I think he does quite well. So. Braden's definitely the thinker, right? Yeah. I, I, both smart. I spent with him. He he wants to outthink somebody and be and win, right? He puts that piece. At least that's what I've seen in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting you say that too about about you know whether it was the part about giving second chances or asking how you did. I've seen him do that in the business world. Yeah. He's easily translated that to no, no, no I, you know, not how did the call go, but how do you think you did? What do you, you know, what do we need to work on? How can I help you get better? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So right. I think that's, you know, that's clearly coming down through the least legacy. So, <laughs> um, so, so well done to the, to the parents on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Couple, couple of questions that I actually had from some of Scott's friends. So if, uh, if someone, if we were going to make a movie about Scott, who would play Scott Lee's? Jesus. I'm so terrible with actors. I don't even know if I can even have a chance at this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the only one that has a chance of answering this question is going to be Angel. Well, no, I, I mean, if, if I was going back to maybe his uh, high school, college days, I'm going to embarrass him with this one. He had the most gorgeous long blonde hair. He was like a god. I would say you asked if he was popular. The girls loved him. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't fair that his hair was prettier than mine. <laughs> that wasn't fair. <laughs> well, Taylor too, but anyway. Um, but um, I would say because of his love of music and bands and things like that, and he actually taught himself how to play the guitar in college. I would. I don't know the names of a lot of people, but I would say um, who would play him would be somebody who was musical. Right. And he actually he actually wrote poetry. And an anonymous, he didn't put his name to the poetry. He wrote poetry and had it published in high school. Oh, wow. That's something well, that was, I've never heard that one. That's something. Yeah, I can't remember the newspaper. It was a local paper. I don't know if Taylor remembers, but um, yeah, he wrote some poetry and he, he used to have a journal and he would write things in that. But Scott has a very musical, um, uh, creative side. And he did some artwork in, in college. So he's a, so I'm sorry I didn't specifically answer your question, but he does have that musical um, theater kind of side. Not that he would perform. He had a college band. Did you know that? I didn't know that. What was the name of the band? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember yeah. the name of the band, but when he was there at was, Dominican There was college. two. I think there was at least two. The, the first one was... Um, wasn't it like Speakeasy or something like that? Oh, I think so. Speakeasy. And then the, and then the they second one. in Dominican in San Rafael, California, and he yeah. uh, was a guitar player and he sang a little bit. Yeah, played the bass. And then uh, the other one was Clever Linus. Yeah, Clever Linus, I remember. Yeah. 
He has one CD. I still have it. They produced oh, I one want that. CD. <laughs> oh, I want that. Oh, there's a bounty out for that one. That'll cost you a lot. It'll, yeah, it'll cost you, but I do have a CD of Clever Linus. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll, and, I, and I appreciate if you don't, if you're, if you're not gifted in the, in the acting world, but Taylor or Wally, who, you know, what kind of person or who do you think would play, you know, uh, Scott Lee's? Would it be a Willem Dafoe, a Brad Pitt, a Tom Cruise? Would it be, um, you know? I really have no, no clue because I, uh, I have a great knack for not remembering a single name of any actor or actress. All right. Except for <laughs> I'm going to blame my success or lack thereof of this topic on my dad because I'm in the same exact boat. I'm sorry I'm ruining your question. I just don't know. I don't even well, know who the first actor is that you well, mentioned. Well, you know, I can, I can add one thing. This was before Scott had the beard, which that's another subject. <laughs> but he learned that from his dad. So, you know, uh, this yeah, is the first new. time in my life I've ever had a beard. Okay. I got locked up and I said, why am I shaving every day? Yeah. I'm not going anyplace, so the heck with that. So I quit. And then as soon as they saw, uh, Scott saw they had a beard, he started growing his back again. Yeah. So. But, there, but there was a time when Scott didn't have the beard. Then I, I think I sent a picture and I said I, he looked like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. There was, there was something about his face that, um, you know. We, anyway. we used to give him a lot. When I first met Scott, we gave him the, the Lance Armstrong when he had his hair. Oh, short. yeah, that's that's hair. right. Yeah. Now that you mention that, that's true. Yeah, that was the one. What, um, you know, what, and some of this is competitiveness, but, you know, even, even through the medical stuff Scott went through, you know, for me, that, some of that's competitive, right? Like, he needs to know. He, he, said, he said to me, like, just tell me, what do I need to know to get through today? And he'll fight through. But aside from being competitive around that, there, there's a tremendous level of tenacity in him. Was he always that tenacious as a kid? Is that something that also runs, I mean, Taylor, I'll, I'll assume you have it too. Um, you know, I know you a little bit, not as well as I know Scott, but you know, you, you're not certainly not one to give up either from what I know. I um, Well, let's, let's, let me tell a little story about my dad's nickname in college. So, <laughs> Can I tell the story? So yep. my dad's nickname in college was American Mule, right? So it's a little stubborn, right? And so I think that that translated to uh, to boys that are very, very persistent. I wouldn't say either one of us are particularly patient, but we're super persistent. That's fair. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I was a sort of student in college that if I couldn't figure out, I would work until I fell asleep in the desk. All right, trying to figure out the solution to some uh, homework problem, accounting problem, or math problem that I was working on. I would finally give up, go to bed, wake up two or three hours later, and say, oh, I didn't try this. And I'd sit down and write it down, and my roommate go, would always go, would you just go to bed? Right. So, so, where, did, where did you get that from? Was your, was your mom or dad that way? I don't know. I, I, I again think it's just the plain sports background that – you know, you just sort of get used to no matter what the competition is that you're always trying to to hang in there and be competitive. And I just think as you play, particularly like tennis and soccer, those are pretty long events. They're not short events that you have to have that kind of tenacity and it goes on. 
I can remember one match when Taylor was actually playing in a tournament, and I think Taylor was maybe 10 years old, and Scott either had already finished his match or his match was coming up next, and we were sitting in California here, and it was like 102 in the shade, and Taylor had decided that the best way to beat this person was just to keep returning the ball. And Scott would yell at him all the time, will you hit the ball? Hit the ball, because Scott wanted to end the point. And Taylor said, no, I can beat this person if I just outlive him, basically. And it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> so there's a difference in style there. But I think that sort of background from tennis and, and soccer and to some extent basketball for, for Scott uh, was a big factor of just building that sort of uh, work ethic into, the, uh, into his personal habit and environment. And I think they got used to seeing me work all the time. The one thing I knew my kids would never be would be a teacher because they told me one time, I can't remember which one, I'm thinking it's Scott, but it might've been Taylor. So I don't remember which one said the one thing I know, cause I asked them, what are you, what are you going to do when you get done with college? And their answer was, well, the one thing I know I'm not going to do is teach. And I said, why is that? And he said, cause you're never done. Yeah. So, that that hasn't changed. They're no. both teaching. Yeah. Right? They're both in leadership roles. They're both yep. teaching. They, they're probably like me where, where we turn off the computer because, you know, our significant others are, are wise enough to say, okay, put it away. It's time to stop. You know? So I, I see that uh, very, very much so. What, um, so just sort of sort of wrap it up here because I know it, it's, you know, I, I appreciate all the time you guys have done and, and getting this done, but, you know, one, any sort of, you know, obviously happy birthday to Scott. We love you. We're, we're, I know you're going to be shocked by this. Um, hope it comes across the right way, buddy, but um, if not, oh, well. Um, <laughs> sorry, Scott, not sorry. Um, any, any last thoughts about, about Scott? Something you think you'd like to share just with people or, or just even from your heart that you want to say to Scott um, for his birthday, because this is for his birthday. Why? Well, I, I told you that I might cry. So, <laughs> going for well, it. Well, the one thing that that Scott always tells me is that I'm overly sentimental. I'm like way too sentimental. So I am. But I I have a philosophy in that you can never say I love you too much. And uh, this is where I tell both of my sons that I I just love them beyond words and. Uh, I am extremely proud of both of them, but since this is for Scott on his birthday, um, you know, I, I just love him and respect so much how he's handling all the adversity and all the positive things and uh, that he's done in his life and that the father and the man that he's become. And... Um, and anyway, I'm just very, I'm just very proud of him and I couldn't love him more. I just wish that we could spend more time together. That's all, you know. Um, anyway. and we're trying to get them back to California too, just so you know. Like Kathy and I want, want them to, be, to move, you know, at least to Moraga, right? We'll take anywhere, but you know. That didn't work. Taylor's trying that, I know. Yeah, I think one, one thing that I didn't, touch on earlier and I think it's important to call out is I think um, one of the things I respect about Scott is that I think he's really changed a lot of people's lives like I think that like my dad mentioned that 
he really, um, even when he was hiring, when he's hiring for sales roles, I, I don't know what his current strategy is, but like at, at, at certain points in time, he would look for people that really like went through a series of struggles because he knew they would fight, you know, and uh, he gave people chances. And some of those people are, you know, managers and VPs and, and, and took off. And some of these people had, uh, other people wouldn't give him a chance, right? And so um, I think he can see some of the, he can see the good in, in, in people and can kind of um, separate the, uh, uh, the past from like what you can do starting now. Yeah, he is good at that. I agree with you. And I think, and as a parent, I just want to add that um, I, as a parent, I feel really proud that Wally and I did something right in that I, we have two sons that really respect and admire one another. And I, I'm, I can just speak for myself that I, I know that uh, Taylor really loves his brother and vice versa. Yeah, we, uh, I don't remember why we had that discussion, but Angela and I were talking the other day, just saying how we were lucky that both sons got along and they seemed to love each other and respect each other. And uh, there were several examples that, that we came up with of people who I didn't even know they had a brother for maybe 10 <laughs> or 15 years after. Right, right. we just talked about that. Knowing the person because they don't speak to that brother. And I'm going like, seriously, how do you do that? I have two brothers. So to me, that's just, I don't know how you can, how you can ignore people. Even if you got mad at them and uh, were irritated, you, you have to eventually reconcile that sort of, that issue that's there where our, our sons would have little minor disputes, but that was, would be about it. And uh, they, no matter how mad one got at the other one, they would get over it quickly. And, uh, um, off they'd go like nothing happened and uh, so we're we're thankful for that and uh, they they both know that uh, both Angela and I love them dearly and uh, I, I'm I'm not much of a verbalizer in general even though I'm a teacher but when it gets talking about how I feel about people they just have to know how I treat them mm -hmm. and how I respect them mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm the verbalizer <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I said, I'll never get an ulcer. I just give them to everybody else. <laughs> hey, Taylor said, you know, I'm not much of a talker, Richard, you know, when you do this. So I don't know how much, how much do I have to talk and how much do I have to sit there? So <laughs> I get it. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I don't know. I know Angela knows this because she's heard the story, but Scott uh, to Wally and Taylor, you know, that Tony Marshall once tried to introduce me to Scott to get me to hire him. I wouldn't even talk to Scott. So this is before Scott and I ever really knew each other. So, you know, I wouldn't give Scott the chance that Scott would give to all these other people. Um, and so I, I agree with you 100% on that one, Taylor. Of, of It is something to admire and to, to look at because, you know, just imagine what the world would be if we could get more of that going on. And I always felt that the situations where I would see him do that, it wasn't just that he would hire them. He would he would, as Taylor said, sort of guide them and get them to buy into to his particular approach and uh, uh, way of attacking a problem. And they would just, uh, and not, not all of them, but you know, a large percentage of them would, would just turn their life around. Yep. And I, I think that's why he is still draws a, 
you know, a lot of people in social media, a lot of people, once they're friends with Scott, they seem to be friends for life. Yeah, I've, I've always told him he collects disciples. All the way back to his childhood is that he just had that gravity pull that you were talking about earlier is that, and you know, when you interact with Scott, it's hard not to like the guy or want to like him, the guy. Like just he, he has, he has a good childhood friend that he's still friends with, but um, th that friend calls Scott grandpa. Oh yeah. <laughs> because he kind of takes care of everybody. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that was a college nickname too, Grandpa. Oh, what? Well, that, I was gonna, I would, that was actually a good question. What other nicknames did he did he go by? Scooter or anything like that? Was there, was there Grandpa or Lease or I don't know. Well, I'm not sure. Taylor would know nicknames more than us. Yeah. Just Grandpa is the only popular one I know. Yeah. Well, well, thank you all very much for for hanging out and doing this with me. I I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, but thanks for taking us down memory lane a little bit. And and Scott, my unblood brother, happy birthday, my man. Uh, I hope it's a good one. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. Happy son. birthday, Scott. We love you. All right. Bye, bye, bye Richard. Bye-bye.